my name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Noah Buchholz, video coach with the Peterborough Peets. Another young hockey mind on the podcast, Noah has quickly progressed having worked in a few different hockey organizations en route to his current position with the Peets. With an equipment manager's work ethic and video coach's attention to detail, he is someone who puts in the work day in and day out and takes the necessary time to get the job done right. With that, I'm happy to present Noah Buchholz, video coach with the Peterborough Peets. Fans within the game of hockey love to see the finesse, the deking, and just the overall play of the athletes, and some fans like the rough stuff. And this weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick 6 fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Noah Buchholz, video coach with the Peterborough Peets of the OHL. Noah, thanks for joining the podcast. Pleasure to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on and talk about your career here. Uh, there's a couple of different positions which really interested me, you know, some time as equipment manager and these these other positions that a lot of people maybe don't think about en route to a video coaching position, but we'll dive right into all of that uh, throughout our, the next hour or so. So let's just start off by talking about you maybe give some people some background on where you're from, your upbringing, and playing sports throughout your youth. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Peterborough born and raised guy. Uh, I mean, there's a brief stint where I lived in a small town of Norwood, Ontario. I'm not sure if you'd be familiar with that at all, but just outside of town. Um, yeah, I, I grew up here. Um, you know, I've... You know, I haven't ventured out too, too much. I, I lived in Oshawa for a little bit while attending school, but, um, you know, for my youth, uh, this is where it all happened. Um, you know, lived, I grew up right around the, the corner from the Peter Memorial Center. So um, I guess you could say that's, you know, it was a very fortunate uh, circumstance for myself to be able to, you know, kind of fall in love with the Pete's and that I was going there quite often to that rink. Um but yeah, I, you know, I feel like I was a pretty normal kid growing up. I had a lot of, you know, I played multiple sports. Um, I didn't play hockey at the highest level or anything. I was, you know, pretty much just a, a regular Joe hockey player and nothing special. And I was really, 
you know, I, you know, I, I would say probably even more excelled at football and basketball outside of, of you know, the other sports and, um, you know, heavily involved in the community and with sports and, you know, I just, whatever could kind of keep me busy and, um, you know, kind of show me, uh, you know, opportunities to grow and to, to live a little bit. I was usually doing that. So I found a lot of that in, in playing, you know, reps, sports and stuff in town. And then, um, but yeah, so, you know, hockey, football, basketball, um, you know, soccer, of course, things, you know, I think my parents were pretty keen on keeping us all involved in different sports and, and, you know, developing us in, in as many ways as possible as people and as athletes. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I never uh, followed through with the dream of becoming a professional hockey player, but, you know, you know, maybe one day it'll happen. Yeah, you never know uh, what can come down the road. But, uh, you know, obviously the, the passion for sport and multiple sports were there. And, and whether it was hockey or soccer, basketball, football, uh, you know, a list of sports that you were able to play, you uh, you definitely had that passion and wanted to take a next step in whatever direction you could. And uh, for you, that would be the sport management field. Uh, just talk about maybe the next steps in your schooling and then specifically the sport management program at Durham College and just, you know, your overall experience with that program. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of the kind of like, the, you know, always having that passion to be competitive and to play sports or to be involved in sports. You know, I think I really hit my stride in, in high school with that, whereas like, you know, I need this to kind of like, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about school. So just to do anything outside of that was amazing. And so, you know, when, you know, you're getting into high school, that, you know, topic of career becomes such a, you know, a big piece of, of conversation. Um, you know, I, the only thing I could look back on was, you know, what makes me happy? Because that's all my parents told me to do was, you know, follow what makes you happy. And, you know, you won't work a day in your life. And I mean, I just kept coming back to sports. So, um, you know, it, it, I don't remember necessarily, you know, having an exact aha moment that this was going to be it. But, you know, it just, like I said, every time I think about a career, it's just like, well, this is what it keeps coming down to. So, you know, maybe I can look into this a little bit more and see if this is an actual option for me. And, um, you know, and kind of from there, like I, I had a couple of connections um, yeah, in the sports scene, you know, in the NHL, uh, I knew some people and then I also, um, just have some relationships with the pizza organization and so uh that's kind of where i really kind of grew a keen eye for it and wanted to at least pursue and, and get more curious about it and um you know ask the questions about you know if this is something that i can live off of and um so in high school um you know having full support of my parents which was amazing and um you know my dad really encouraged me to do a co-op during my grade 11 year um and so you know, he wanted me to try and you know, get on with, with the Pete's and he thought it'd be a great opportunity. And since we knew someone there, um, you know, that's where I really had that, like I said, opportunity to join and, and to, um, you know, kind of build my knowledge on the sport and, and working in, in that level and, you know, what it takes and not only that, but what it takes to be professional. So that's where I did part of my, that's where I did my co-op for grade 11. And, um, you know, I, instantly right there I was hooked I was like I love this and I this is what I want to do every day um you know it's you know I don't consider this work and you know I just love the whole lifestyle of it so um you know looking around at schools I just felt that 
um, you know, I wanted to go to, you know, obviously, I, I mean, obviously, but I would have wanted to go to university, I think at first, but um, yeah, I just, I just didn't really do too well in, in my final years of schooling. So, you know, I felt that going to the Durham College was my best opportunity. I didn't think it was, you know, too far away from home and that um, it was just, I, you know, I felt in, in regards to, or in comparison to the other um, colleges that I had visited, uh, I just thought that, you know, they were kind of a little bit farther ahead than, than other programs in terms of alumni, as well as, um, you know, their reputation and, and what they can do for me um, and the opportunities that uh, they can provide. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I settled. And, you know, I really had no idea what I was kind of getting into as a sport management program. Like, obviously, in, in high school, at least in my high school, it's not really talked about. And going into a career in sport isn't, uh, you know, the really what maybe the typical thing that people would want you to do. So, um, you know, not really having an understanding of what programs I'd be taking, um, you know, it's just, I was definitely wide-eyed coming in on my first day to see uh, exactly what was going on and what I'd be learning about. And I, and I was happily surprised to be honest, like I, you know, I, a lot of our programs, as I'm sure you experienced, I think you went to Brock, right? Yeah. Um, you know, with those programs, like a lot of it, I mean, it, it, they're business programs, they're business classes, but you just get to talk about sport and, and relate it all back to that. And I, I love that because, you know, I, I do have an interest in business as well, but, um, you know, leagues operate not only at the, obviously definitely not at the professional level, but at the grassroots level level and, and how important those grassroots sports are, um, for professional teams and communities. And, um, you know, to be able to like, you really can't have those professional leagues without them. And, um, you know, just, I guess, getting a, a true understanding and respect for all of the volunteers that go into the sport industry as a whole, um, not only just hockey, um, it was really great. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed my time at Durham. I, you know, I felt like, you know, going in, I, like I said, as I was wide-eyed, I, I also had a pretty good idea or goal that, you know, this is going to be an opportunity for me to create relationships and to, you know, hopefully, you know, help something for myself down the line and, and kind of go from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty good at Durham. Uh, I know we're going to get into this eventually here, but, you know, that's kind of where I guess you could say I, you know, as much as I had my co-op in high school and, and started working with the Pete's um, on the business side, when I went to Durham is where I started becoming an equipment manager. And um, that's really where I'd say, like, I started to uh, maybe take it a little bit more seriously in, in pursuing a career in this, uh, in the sport. And so, um, you know, it was a, it was a good two, yeah, two years that I spent there and definitely, uh, you know, a lot of work that was done and not a whole lot of sleep. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's always the case. And I think, uh, anybody that thinks that they're going to get a, a nine to five hours, uh, job in, in sports are mistaken. So talking about that time with the Pete's early on, uh, just walk us through the business ops opportunity you had and the importance of those roles kind of leading into your current position. Uh, like I said, like that was, you know, I was in high school um, and my dad recommended I try and get involved if that's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, like I also mentioned, we had a, a, you know, somewhat of a connection at the Pete's organization. Um, 
on the business side. And, you know, so when I signed up to do a co-op, uh, you know, I went through and I did an interview process there and, um, you know, it was, uh, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure I knew what was going, like what I was going to be getting into or anything, but, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to, to really learn the ropes of the business side of, of hockey. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I got in there and it was, it was actually kind of an interesting situation just because, um, one of the representative or one of the business operations people, um, who technically hired me, uh, they immediately after my interview, they, they, they resigned. And so it actually, I kind of got, uh, dumped on one of their, their interns from who was actually from Durham college. So, uh, his name's Matt D'Agostini, um, very well known in, in the Peterborough community. Um, but anyway, so I kind of felt bad coming in my first few days because, you know, this, you know, 21 year old guy is having to look after a, you know, a 16 year old kid. So while doing his own job, but, um, you know, it, it was good because, you know, we really got to know each other very well and we were still somewhat close in age so that, um, you know, we had a good relationship and, uh, he's very real with me. And, um, you know, I think we really both learned together and, so, you know, on the business side, what I was doing, you know, I'd be showing up for the afternoons and um, a lot of what I was doing was, you know, do, doing sponsorship sales as well as season ticket sales, ticket sa- game night sales, um, cold calling, all around sales and, um, you know, a little bit of, I think, merchandising here and there, but very, very little. Um, so, you know, that really allowed me to, like I said, just get a really good understanding of what it's like to work on the business side of a, of a hockey organization. And, and one at, you know, a junior level where, um, you know, money isn't right there at the tip of your hands all the time. Like it's, you, you have to grind at it and, um, they, you know, you're very much as the pizza, our community based team. And we rely on, um, our fans to, to be at those games and, you know, what we do in the community each day is, business representatives, you know, reflects on how many seats we put in the, in the rink or how many bums are in the seats. So, um, you know, it, like, yeah, I just learned a lot. It was, you know, I'm, like I said, a 16 year old kid who got to have that professional experience was remarkable. I mean, none of my friends in high school really understood what I was doing or, or, you know, the things that I, I would have to do on my co-op job or anything. And, um, you know, I'm sure I, you know, I definitely got a couple odd looks walking into like, you know, going into a, a local business and trying to sell them a sponsorship in a meeting as I, you know, as a six year old kids trying to talk to this, you know, 50 year old guy. Um, so, you know, lots of learnings for me. Um, you know, but I think, you know, I also it allowed me to, to, re- that's really where I kind of built my, or grew my connection with Mike Oak. Um, he wasn't the one that brought me in or anything, but just, you know, we have a small office. So seeing him every day, got to know him really well. And that's where he kind of understood where I, um, you know, had passion to work in the sports industry. And, um, you know, so just making those connections is great. And yeah, just having a true understanding of what it's like to, to work for a business and, um, you know, not just a hockey club um, and, and what makes the, you know, but what brings in people and, and just kind of keeps the business and the lights on. So it was a great experience. Um, you know, 
I, I continuously look back on that based on, you know, you know, the sales experience I got and, and just, you know, getting to understand, um, the day-to-day life for everyone. So it was a great opportunity for me for sure. Yeah, it really is a anytime that you can get in, especially as a, you know, a 16 year old, it's a outstanding experience. And, uh, you know, you mentioned people there like Mike Oak, who many listeners may know from a previous episode, a well-known name in Ontario and someone who's continually sharing information uh, with students and, and different people looking to grow in the game. But, uh, you know, I'm, whenever I hear about those opportunities, you know, in high school, like coming from Newfoundland, that's not a part of our curriculum. So it's uh, definitely something I advise others to uh, to look into and really take advantage if you want to work in sport and you might not be going right into hockey operations, but you can still learn a lot about the business side. And another place that you had the opportunity to learn about the business and, and maybe some high level businesses with the hockey hall of fame in a volunteer capacity, just walk us through a couple of those positions and, uh, briefly what you learned and, and what you saw from those experiences. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it was definitely, it was just like the one night really, or the like two nights maybe even, um, of volunteering. And that was, um, while I was at Durham college and, um, I didn't do too much to be honest. Like I, you're more so just kind of, uh, there at the event, helping out wherever possible. And, um, you know, being a little bit of security, which I th- always thought was funny cause I was, you know, I'm a pretty scrawny guy. But, um, you know, it's the way I looked at it while I was at Durham College was one, like while I'm here, like I said, I'm going to try and build as many relationships as possible in the hockey industry Two, you know, I'm going to try and develop my resume in any way possible. And because I have an understanding that, you know, yes, I am young and one of the biggest, you know, people when they if they're looking to hire me in any way in, in the hockey industry, they're going to say, you know, can we trust this guy to be around professional athletes? Can we trust this guy to, um, you know, to, to see um, or to, to be witness of information that, you know, can't be, um, you know, necessarily brought to the public and in regards to, um, you know, what goes on in, in a hockey organization with, um, you know, trades and all that and signings and and whatnot. So I, I just looked at it like that, that this would be a great opportunity for me to, to show that I've been around, you know, quite literally hall of famers and have been able to show myself in a professional manner and have been relied upon in that situation. So, um, you know, that's, that's really what I wanted to get out of it. And I definitely say it helped. Um, and of course it was a great night cause I got to, I got to watch these amazing players get inducted to the hall of fame, you know, being two feet away from Fedorov or Chris Pronger, was absolutely amazing and um you know it's definitely hard your first time like seeing these players up front to not be starstruck because not only are there some of them massive athletes um yeah but they're they have the the storied um you know career behind them so it was it was just really great to to be a part of that and um you know gain some volunteer experience yeah i think any role really that you can uh, go into and learn anything is great and we've had a couple people work with uh, some one-time volunteer opportunities in the NHL as well. Uh, another, obviously, high-level organization in hockey. It's uh, it's just, you know, a learning experience and something to take with you. And you talk about those roles, and I've been in similar roles as well. And you know that sometimes you might not do a whole lot. It might just be kind of security or something uh, maybe, quote-unquote, simple. But as an equipment manager, you're definitely on the other end of the spectrum and, and really grinding every day to uh, to do different tasks and 
that's something that you got your hands uh, into and, and got your feet wet in that industry. So just talk about maybe the process of, of becoming equipment manager and uh, just walk us through the, the season and uh, what you've done in that role. Yeah. So, you know, after I had accepted my application to Durham College, the summer goes by and, you know, really anxious to, to get into the hockey industry and, or to sport, you know, and, and just to be able to be involved in some way and, you know, trying to be, you know, you know, I keep relating that, like, providing, uh, you know, my dad helped me a lot with this, as I've mentioned before, and he had me, you know, he's like, I think you should really at least, you know, maybe start a LinkedIn profile that I think it'll, you know, kind of set you apart. And um, so when I, I started my LinkedIn, um, you know, just being a 18 year old kid, just re- adding random people in the hockey industry, basically. And um, actually, one time, uh, Craig Fisher, who was the head coach of Ontario or UOIT at the time for the men's hockey team, he actually reached out to me and added me. And uh, he saw that I was going to Durham and he messaged me. He's like, hey, um, you know, I see that you're coming to Durham in the fall and it's for sport management. Um, my team is looking for a equipment manager. We had, you know, we previously had a guy that was in this program and it really helped them. And we just, uh, you know, if you're ever interested, let me know and we can meet and that's kind of where it all happened. I mean, I, I jumped on the opportunity right away. I was like, this is going to be great. Having absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, you know, like I, yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, there was a lot that I, I just didn't know that I had to do and, and, and experience as a equipment manager. And, and one being that it was an out, like a more than a 40 hour a week job. And on top of that, you're trying to do your schooling. So, that was for it was pretty fun for the first little while there um but yeah so I, I took the opportunity um you know met craig had an uh, interview with the the uh, athletic director and and then literally as we're ending the interview uh, craig was like hey do you want to come down and see the see our change room because we were up top in the rink and i was like sure let's do it little did i know that it was actually um basically like the first day of uh, there had some summer skates going on and, or like, I think training camp might've been like four or five days out, which I didn't know. And so they had all their, they had a captain skate basically. And so, um, I came in and next thing you know, I'm just being bombarded by the entire team saying, Hey, Noah, can you sharpen these? Can you do this? You know, can you get me another Jersey? I'm just like, Holy cow. Like, what are you like? I, I, I just got hired. Like, I'm not sure how I'm expected to do this all of a sudden um and try and get situated i don't know where anything is so you know the first the first week was a tough one for sure um and i quickly grew you know the biggest appreciation towards that role and other equipment managers across all leagues i think it was the toughest job in sports by far um you know so that first year of of college was you know you know, while all of my friends who I had met on residence who were in other programs or even in my own program, you know, who were out having fun and, you know, partying and and meeting new people and in different, uh, you know, at different schools and stuff, you know, I could never partake in that because I was, you know, usually at the rink at midnight doing, you know, about 50 pounds of laundry, uh, washing gitch and towels and stuff. So, you know, it was definitely, um, you know, a good time for me to really ask myself, like, is this what I want to get into? And that's like, you know, I, my love for the game still kept growing and, and wanting to be in the industry. 
Um, I knew that, but I think I quickly realized that, okay, I definitely don't want to be equipment manager because this, you know, this is just too much, at least for me at this level. And so, um, cause it was just me. I didn't really have any support at all. Um, you know, so like I said, just a huge, huge, um, you know, learning curve really. And, but you know, that's where I probably built some of my best relationships with, uh, you know, the players, especially you just get to hang out with them every day and, you know, you just know them. And I mean, there's, you know, two, two guys on that team that I still say I'm really close with, um, even though they're a couple years older than me. And so, um, you know, it was just fun to, to be able to travel with the guys to, um, you know, experience that lifestyle and to actually be part of the room and um, be thought of as the team, like part of the team. Like, obviously, you're part of the team when you're in the business side, but, you know, when you're actually living and breathing inside that locker room with them every day, um, you know, you create that bond with them and it just, it really means a lot. And, um, you know, we just all had a really good relationship together. And, um, you know, but I think by the end of it, I was, you know, pretty gassed at the end. I, I just, you know, you're putting in so many hours at the rink and then on top of that, you're trying to do school as well and still trying to do all those other volunteer opportunities and uh, put yourself out there. And so um, it was fun. I'm really glad I experienced it. I don't think, I think everyone who wants to work in any sport should experience that because, you know, that's one, like I said, it's the toughest job in sports, but it's also probably the least respected. So I think that, um, you know, everyone should try it out or at least follow the equipment manager for a day and see what they go through. But, um, you know, and then, you know, so I, that's kind of just where I used, uh, I, I relied on, you know, Craig Fisher a lot. He showed me so much and, you know, I, I continually look at like the teachings that he provided me and the, the uncomfortable situations that he put me in. I mean, you know, because that's what really where I learned. He forced me to to put myself in awkward spots and to to kind of figure my way out. And um, you know, he's like, "I know you're young, but I need you to do this, and I need you to to learn quickly. And if you want it, then you it's here for it's taking. And I can teach you. I've had a storied, you know, I've had a great professional hockey career, and I can teach you things outside of equipment managing. I know you don't want to do that, but I can you know help you in other areas and. I know a lot of people and that and I think that's really where I, I, sh I saw how tight knit the hockey community is and how like important every relationship is that you have. And, you know, it, it everyone seems to know everyone in some way that that's something that I quickly realized with, with hockey. So I always reflect on that great experience. Never again though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can, you know, second that in the fact that, equipment managers are one underappreciated you know the players definitely recognize it but uh, in the public sphere i don't think they get nearly enough enough recognition and uh you know it's not one of the positions that i i have done in the past but just being with the newfoundland growlers i was able to shadow um andrew koch they're one of the great equipment managers that i've been able to just kind of see the ins and outs of his work and uh you know not a lot of sleep and a lot of manual labor so you know a great experience especially for a young guy in the game and uh, ironically enough, you find yourself today in a position that a lot of people know takes a lot of extra time as well, and that's video coaching. So just break down kind of the process of maybe moving into that position with the Pete's and then just your current role and, and some of the ins and outs of your position. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, like I was, 
that that summer after the first year of college um you know just working back in peterborough and you know i just made it you know it was kind of like a goal for me to you know every couple of months reach out to everyone basically that i had built a relationship with in hockey and so a lot of people with the peets and then uit and whatnot and other areas so um i had reached out to mike oak a lot actually during my first year with durham college kept that uh, connection going through the summer and then and he uh he gave me a call one day and he was like hey noah like you know um you know we just had a, an open spot come up with the with a video coordinator position with us video coaching and um you know i just wanted to see if this is something you'd be interested in and immediately i was like yes please like because i was still planning on going back to become a, like to be an equipment manager for a second season but i thought you know what you know it was a great experience and that's a good time for me to try something different and um you know having absolutely no idea once again what i was getting into um which seems to be a pretty common thing uh but anyway so mike called me i i told him i'd be happy to do it and so that following you know that season I uh, started with the team, and at the time, it wasn't it wasn't just me doing video. There was also um, his name's Trevor Eves. He was also like the the video coordinator, and the deal was he was going to do home games, and I would I would go on the road with the Pete's and and do that because he's you know he had a family and everything, and so um, you know Trevor really showed me the ropes, and uh, you, know, you know he, he taught me how to you know we were using you know we we're using Steva, and so. There's a couple of days where I, I spent in my summer that you know I just sat at the rink in Jody Hall's office and you know I would work on the computer for about you know ten hours a day and and just try and um, get an understanding of how the program worked and and you know how how to properly mark a game um, and try and build some technological background because I thought I had a good understanding of computers but um, you know there's always things that come up where you've never seen so um, it was definitely interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, that led into, you know, it just kept growing that relationship and being that, you know, being in that position with the Peets, you know, Trevor, um, you know, I started coming back for more games, even for home games and stuff. So um, at that point, um, I just took over as the full-time video coach and, um, you know, it's it's kind of just been history from there, really. Like I, uh, some of the opportunities that I was able to learn from Jody or the experiences I learned from Jody Hall was great. And, you know, he's just kind of comparing coaches that I've had that I've worked with, um, you know, between him, Rob, and some other coaches elsewhere. Um, you know, you, there's something you can take from all of them and they all have different ways of looking at the game. Um, even though, you know, you might think the game is seen or it, there's only so much you can see in the game, but you know, they all have different perspectives. And so being able to, I guess, um, kind of change how you mark a game for them was always interesting and and i kind of found it fun and i just learned so much like off the hop like like i said learning not only the the program of, of steva um you know but also you know, everything else that goes along with it in terms of the actual game the strategy and then um as well as you know the technical side so um you know it was pretty good and you know i was, I was very fortunate to get the full-time position with the team and you know mike was um when unfortunately when there was that coaching change with the, with the Pete's where um, Rob Wilson came in, um, you know, he was pretty adamant on having a full-time video coach and, you know, being there every day and every practice. And, you know, because prior is only mostly games. 
And so, you know, Mike immediately called me and, um, you know, offered me the position and, and that's kind of where I really started to develop my relationship with Rob, uh, had a couple calls with him and then, um, you know, just, uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's been history from there. There's, um, you know, my day to day, I guess you would say is, you know, you, you kind of get in a routine, um, you know, like I say, like at the beginning of the week, you try and focus on the, the past games, I'd say. So Monday, come into the rink. I've already had all of the uh, the video marked and everything from our games. And I usually have like a template that Rob wants to see um, coming in just to do a review, breakdown of how we've played, anything that I think you know might have stuck out or he should see, I usually keep. And so that's what Monday morning is like for us. We go through all that video. And then we break it down even more and, and basically just, you know, try and create something for, uh, for some video for the practice. Um, and, and then, you know, similar thing on, on Tuesday, but you know, Monday evening, I've probably started doing a pre-scout for the upcoming games. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll get about three games of our, of each opponent that we're playing. Um, and then, you know, come in Tuesday morning, kind of show them more of the review and then more I'll give them a rundown of, you know, what we, what we can expect with our opponents, um, try and build up a little bit of a package for them. Um, you know, and, and it's, it can be a little bit, it can be a bit of a tight turnaround sometimes because we usually play Thursdays in, in Peterborough, but, um, you know, we tend to get things done fairly efficiently and, you know, throughout there, there's always, you know, one-on-one -on -one video with our players, you know, so it's up to me and my responsibility to make sure that, uh, one, the players are getting their video sent to them. And then two, you know, we have it on iPads and then, you know, all of our assistant coaches have access to video and they can sit down with the players themselves or Rob and I can sit down with players. Um, you know, and, and that, that's like, uh, I would say that's primarily what we do on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, you know, like Nick Robertson constantly wants video. So, you know, a lot of time with him, which was great. And then, um, you know, once we get closer to that Thursday night game, it's it's all our pre-scout and and really just focusing on you know what we can expect from our opponent but to be honest um you know we really you know in our pre-scout videos we really just show what we do and i think we found out pretty early on um in junior hockey that it's more important how you play than it is how, how the opposition is and you know sure there's some key things that you can look at um you know like when you're playing the ottawa 67s there's about you know 15 different weapons so it's a matter of okay you know, we'll key on this play or, or what they do here. But, you know, really, guys, I think we need to focus on our forecheck in, in this area. And so, you know, it's really just a lot of reiteration on, on what we do well and, you know, how we can succeed against these guys, against this opponent. Um, and then, you know, basically after Thursday, you know, Thursday evening, that's my time to shine, really. Um, I love doing marking the games. It's definitely like the most relaxing part of my week is marking those games. And so, weekends and um thursday nights are great and good time to travel and you know see some different parts of ontario so that's i mean i kinda, you only asked for a couple things in regards to video coaching but i gave you the whole spiel there i think yeah no that's that's great i always love when people kind of go through the position and uh or a week in the position it, it's always great just to, to hear the different ins and outs and honestly i think listeners uh, appreciate when people are kind of open with their process and uh you know kind of get an inside glimpse on that but uh, you know, one of the things that you said there, obviously, it's a lot to learn and you kind of have to be open to trying new things in a video coaching position. But 
one of the other things, as you said, is kind of adapting to each coach and, and seeing what they want. And it kind of changes your approach as well. And uh, you found yourself working in another opportunity, this time with Hockey Canada. Just kind of walk us through the, the process of, of getting involved with them and then uh, maybe how the role changed a little bit uh, with a bigger organization. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, you know, obviously Hockey Canada. Like that's, you know, they set the standard of hockey um, like across the entire globe. So when I got that call, I was just absolutely dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, you know, a couple of months prior, there was like an application that, you know, I, I sent in to, um, to, to apply for the teams um, as a, yeah, for video. And I think a couple of months went by and I, to be honest, I think the U18 team had been announced and, and the staff was announced like a month or two before that. So at that point I was just like, you know, I, I was like, ah, oh, that's too bad. I, you know, I, I didn't get U18 and I, you know, I don't think I'll get U17 if that, um, you know, but it's not a big deal. It's hockey Canada. Like these are, the, you know, supposed to be some of the best people around. So, um, and then I think midsummer or no, sorry, it was, you know, about April-ish, um, end of April, I got a call uh, from Sean Bullock and he, uh, you know, he let me know that I was going to be working with team, team red for hockey Canada and, I was just ecstatic, but you know, it was amazing. There's so many great opportunities there to, to learn so much about the game and even, you know, other different aspects that maybe I was a little bit foreign to, um, you know, so like, for example, the, you know, the mental uh, side of it, we have, you know, Hockey Canada has an abundance of mental health coaches and, and um, mental performance coaches. So that was great. Um, you know, and, and yeah, like I said, once I got the call, it was, you know, just absolutely amazing to, to get that news. And I immediately knew that, you know, like this is something as much as it is a dream of mine, I have to, you know, really make sure I put my, you know, uh, foot down and, and work my butt off and show that, you know, I deserve to be here and that I can be here and, you know, but I will admit it, it's definitely intimidating. Like, um, you know, for a really young guy coming in um, who, who's sitting next to, you know, like Stanley cup winning coaches sometimes and, and, you know, gold medal winning coaches and, and even players. And, um, you, you have to kind of, I had to keep telling myself like, you know, you're, you're here for a reason and you can do this well. So, um, you know, the video coaching role, like obviously, so they have Tyler Dietrich there at the men's side. And I think it's James Emery, Emery is the, the women's side coach, a video coach. And, you know, you, I walked down to their, their video coach room and I was just absolutely floored by how much resources they had. And, um, you know, it was just like video coach having really as nerdy as that sounds. Um, but, uh, you know, so once again, just a great opportunity to learn, um, very demanding for sure. Uh, you know, like you, I think that summer, uh, since like, it was like about May, they flew us out about three times so once in may we did the coaches conference all together that's where i got to know my staff um you know nick sinclair i think you know nick right yeah. um he was my director of operations so you know i really i that was the first time i got to meet him great guy and then um my head coach was martin uh, laperrier and he was he was an assistant out of uh quebec and so great opportunity to just to, to meet the staff and to, we, we did a lot of team building stuff. Um, you know, just, you know, what it's like to, to work with different people from different leagues and, 
and how we can kind of come together for each other and as well as our players. And, um, you know, so that was uh, pretty great. And then we came back out midsummer to do the development camp with, with the players. And that was an absolute grind. Like that's, you know, about two weeks of no sleep for, for the staff because, you know, especially the video coaches, because it's just constantly like, you know, we need video every single day we want, um, you know, and, and we're trying to focus in on certain players. We're trying to, you know, this is the first time that like I'd actually had to record a practice. I didn't understand the importance before that. And now it's like, you know, second nature is making sure that we have all of our drills recorded and, and, um, you know, so it's just constant, constant video recording, marking and, um, you know, set up and tear down of stuff. And, uh, you know, just, trying to help the provide resources to the coaches in any way if they want to show an example of something like hey you know you know say for example we had a coach out west who was coaching the western league he was like hey i had a game back in december you know can you go grab me a video for that i'm like i i have no idea how i'm supposed to access this but okay like i can figure that out and you know so you got to make hype videos you want to keep the boys engaged because like i said it's a long time for not only the staff but the players as well and so you have to try and make you know hype videos each day to you know to get them going and to understand how um uh, exciting of a time this is and and what you're doing and who you're representing and um you know i think that um you know it's just uh at the end it felt like a blur it went like it it felt like it went by really slowly but it also was really quick at the same time and um, just being able to learn from Tyler Dietrich and James Emery and as well as, um, you know, the other video coaches there, um, Evan Mathias is actually one of these, I think he's with Ottawa now. And, um, you know, just seeing how other people do it, do their job really and, and what they find important and how they can best provide video. And, you know, it seems like a funny thing to say, like how can they best provide a video or, or whatnot and do their job well, but everyone seems to do it in a different way or have little, you know, quirks about them that make them uh, who they are and make them a good video coach. So to be able to see how they do it. And, you know, just, it was also really good for me to see like, okay, I'm like this whole time where, you know, as a video coach, you know, I, I have had a good understanding of what I've been doing and, you know, I'm not far off from, you know, what we do at hockey Canada and, and the learnings haven't been too, too steep or anything. It's, it's been pretty good. And so, um, you know, I just loved it. It was absolute grind and just so much knowledge from the coaches. And I think to be honest, like I said, more so even from the mental performance side, because, you know, that's really what it comes down to at the end of that tournament is, you know, who can um, kind of keep their heads up the, the longest really. And, um, you know, come together as a team. So, we unfortunately we didn't do too well, but it was uh it was still a great time for sure. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned a number of times, like Hockey Canada is you know the elite, and uh, you know being able to be around other people in the industry and coaches and even video coaches. I know all the names you mentioned there; they're all people who have had a lot of success in the game, and I'm sure again listeners will recognize a lot of those names. And um, you know, just having so many resources around and kind of learning new things in the position, uh, it kind of just goes to show the nature of video coaching and how it's always evolving. Uh, other video coaches who have come on have talked about analytics and, and some of these other things that get tied into it, um, you know, throughout the position. So I guess the question for you is, uh, you know, as you grow as a video coach, how often do you find yourself looking for new ideas or looking to learn different parts like analytics or 
um, you know, just other aspects that you might have to use in the future as a position continually evolves. Yeah, it's constant. I mean, there's, you should always be learning. I mean, as a video coach, you're, you're always going to be put in positions where you need to adapt quickly and, and figure things out. So to be able to have as much, you know, resources as tools at your fingertips is great. Um, you know, in regards to information about technology and, or analytics or, you know, just the game itself. So, um, you know, for sure, like I, I try and look up or try and do as much research as possible as to, you know, what might be the new wave of coming of, of information that's coming our way and, you know, how can we, you know, or I'll put, you know, apply it to our team side. Okay. So how, like, where's another area of our team that we can be effective or where we're weak or, um, and whatnot. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, one, one area, which I think we're, we're still so green in, and I am for sure, like I have very little to no experience or, or even that much knowledge about it is like the player tracking. And I'm just so excited for that. You know, it's harder to get it at the at the junior level. I mean, that stuff is, you know, as we know, it's hardly even at the NHL level in some capacity. But I think that, um, you know, that's what I'm really interested in and, and how can we use that and, and how much difference is there going to be for a junior level, you know, player tracking and how can we, um, you know, will it change our draft process in any way or identifying different players, um, especially European players. Obviously, the, the Euro draft or the European draft can be so difficult um yeah i mean it's just you have to constantly be looking at new ways and um you know thinking about ways to, better ways to help your team and um be effective every single day um you know i think as a video coach i think i would assume most video coaches understand that you know like there's probably a lot of people out there that want to have our job and that you know um it's not always like the the nicest job or anything but there's always going to be a lineup for that for someone to have an opportunity to come into a talk an organization and to to uh to do that position but uh, you know when you're in that position i think you have to understand that there's a lot of people that want it and that you need to um you know be able to be someone that provides some uh type of value in, in some way and so by showing your staff that you know you're engaged in in how you're you know, providing new ideas and, and kind of sometimes throwing things out the wall and see, seeing if anything sticks is a good way to do that. Um, you know, but, you know, for other stuff, that's, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm just really intrigued by, you know, where things are going to go. I think there's so much that we also still don't know in regards to, um, you know, where the, you know, where we can go to get more information and, and to help our team get better. So it, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's it, there's just so much that that you can learn and 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 kind of go from. So, just being open will be, I think, really resourceful for myself and uh, try and provide some type of competitive advantage for the team. Sorry, I kind of rambled there a bit, but <laughs> no, it's it's great. It's great, and and I, I think it just you sums it up perfectly in the fact that uh, you know you're always just looking for that that new idea or something that kind of leads you into that new idea. A lot of times you might be preparing for the next step and, and not even know it, but, um, you know, the NHL level, you know, player tracking, as you said, is something that we're seeing uh, kind of introduced in a, you know, very slow process, but it's still kind of coming into play. And uh, maybe not something we'll always see at junior hockey, but uh, hopefully in the future it'll be a, a part of it. And just continuing on the topic of junior hockey, you know, a lot of people talk about junior teams, and especially in Canada, 
and the Pete's are, are one of those teams that always come up uh, just with the history of the organization and, and things like that. And kind of being around the area and being around the team for a number of years here, just talk about what you've seen from fans and management and, and how the team operates in the community overall. Yeah. I mean, um, the team, this organization is a huge part of this community. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever been in the Peterborough area or anything, but it's uh, yeah, we re- we rely on it for sure. Um, it goes both ways. We need the team community needs the t- or the players need the community. So, um, you know, it's like I said, I'm from here. So for me to, to be a part of this team, it's a huge, huge dream come true and, you know, privileged to do so. And, um, you know, our fans, you know, sometimes there's tough years. I've seen the highs. I've seen the lows. There's always still a strong fan base. You know, sometimes there might be a little bit less at the arena, but that's expected if you're not doing too well. But, um, you know, I mean, this year, this past, the past season that we, before the pandemic that we had, um, we were gearing up for playoffs. And I would say that this has probably been like the best community engagement we've had in uh, a few, in, probably since, to be honest, since 2006. Like that's how much it has been raised over the last year or so. The team, the community knew what we had as a team and we were playing well. And, you could just really feel everyone rallying behind the organization and wanting to see us succeed. And, you know, I think, yeah, it was the previous uh, the season before last where, you know, we were going to the playoffs. We had a first round exit against Oshawa. I think we were expected to be, you know, the underdog in that situation as we were. And, but, you know, just the support we had. And um, that was, I remember the, the first game, first home game, I just had chills going right up my spine every single time I heard a, a cheer in some way or when our players went on the ice because, you know, it's just something you hadn't heard it like that in a long time. You know, there's always a crowd, but you just never heard that roar uh, or you haven't heard that roar in a while. So to, to get that and to be to be a part of that, it was amazing. And, you know, it really, you know, it was a huge, huge privilege for for a Peterborough guy to, to experience it, um, you know, like yeah, like you mentioned, it's a historic organization. There's so many great alumni, so many great stories, um, great players, great coaches that have come from there. Um, you know, I just think that you know the maroon and white. It's it's hard to beat. Um, you know, in terms of organizations across junior hockey, um, there's a reason we've been around for so long, and uh, you know, it's just been you know, great to, to grow with the team and the organization and the community in that way. Um, you know, I think management has been, you know, from our management to our coaching staff, obviously our players, as well as our board, like everyone's, since I've been around, everyone's just been, you know, like we're fully committed to this team and we want to bring a championship back. So that's all we really have our eyes on is bringing a championship back to Peterborough. And, you know, I, I firmly believe it's going to happen very soon. So I'm, I'm very excited for the future. Yeah, you know, a great organization and, uh, you know, been up to Peterborough a few times and, and been in the rink and able to, you know, you see the you see the support and you see the way that the community goes around the team. And, um, you know, really great to see. And, and when you have that support uh, in junior hockey, it is so crucial because we see, you know, sadly, too many times teams kind of put in tough situations just because maybe the support isn't there or, uh, you know, financially it doesn't work. But, you know, Peterborough is one of those teams that have been around for a while and we continue to see them. Uh, you know, get that support day in and day out. Mm. 
for you, you talked about, um, you know, just continuing learning throughout your career and trying new things. And the people at My Hockey Resource have created a platform for people like yourself to kind of connect with others in the industry and learn even more. And they talk about video coaching definitely a lot, but they also talk about scouting topics in the game and, and topics outside the game. So for anybody looking to learn more and get involved, check out My Hockey Resource on Twitter and Instagram. Noah, uh, one of the things that they talk about, a lot about on that platform is just articles and different programs that you can look to learn uh, new ideas. For you personally, what are some of your favorite resources and uh, whether it's videos, articles, or just anything out there that people can look to for new ideas? Yeah, I mean, my, my Augie resource is great. I'm part of it. I uh, love it. Anytime I can get on and, and read what's going on, it's amazing. Um, you know, outside of that, obviously, I mean, to be honest, I think since the pandemic happened, like there has been a lot of great people that have kind of jumped up, to be honest, you being one, Ryan, with something that can kind of keep the hockey people at, you know, at all levels and still engaged in some way and, and listening or talking or, um, you know, learning about something new or about someone. And so, you know, things like this are great um, in regards to, I, I guess I would say, uh, you know, Jack Han has been or has been a really great resource for everyone, like I mean, I just try, I eat up his articles. They're great. I think that to have that opportunity to listen and to, to watch or to, to read his articles about, you know, what his time was like at a professional level and, um, you know, what, wow, he reads the game is just, you know, so, so different or not different, but um, just so more detailed than, than anything I'd really seen in a long time. So it was really great to read that. And I constantly go, go back and reference those. Um, you know, really anything, like one thing I try and do, especially right now, like obviously I want to be back in hockey right, right away and, and to, to be involved. But I think, you know, this time has been a good time for me to also kind of engage in some other, um, you know, or read a little bit more about other sports and, and articles and whether that's through the athletic or whatnot, but just being having an open mind and seeing how other organizations operate or how other teams strategize and whatnot, I think it's just been so beneficial for me over this time. Um, and I can just, you know, keep an open mind and, and try not to, um, you know, think too much about or try not to overthink about uh, hockey. So that's good. But, you know, just looking at different articles like that, I'm a big, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into soccer. I, I like to look at that a lot for in regards to um strategy um i'm also really trying like ever since hockey canada i've really been getting into leadership and you know mental performance so you know anything in, in regards to you know coaching and how they not only like coaching's you know the strategy is obviously important but how they motivate their players and what they can do on a day in and day out and the psychology of that uh, i think it's just really unique um i mean i don't really have a specific uh, book or article for that but um, just keeping an open mind with with how other sports operate and how other uh, leaders do um, you know but in regards to hockey I love just to go back to like I have a collection of some some hockey books that you know such a stat shot or uh, taped space um, you know there's uh, I think uh, a classic is um, I can't remember the name right off the top of my head, but it's, it, it's like a, a scout. I think it's by, I think it was probably uh, your previous guest. Yeah, Shane, Shane Malloy. Malloy. Yeah, 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 yeah. His book, um, you know, just things like that are 
they're good to go back on and to you know refresh your memory or um, just remind you of some different experiences that people have had. Um, you know, I think that uh, that's the best way for me is just go back on previous experiences and, and articles, read a lot of Jack Han, and then you know use hockey resources and, and stay open to what's going on in, in the other sport. Definitely. And then, you know, some great people there, Jack and Shane being two former guests of the podcast as well. And, uh, you know, while learning all these different things from articles and resources, at the end of the day, a lot of the information that people get in the industry comes from individuals in the industry and through personal conversations. And for a young guy, a lot of times they can turn into mentors in the long run. So I know you've mentioned a few people here throughout the conversation, but once again, just talk about some of those mentors who have helped you uh, along this far in your career. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say the, the one that really got me going that, that really helped me the, like a lot was, uh, Craig Fisher, as I mentioned with UIT. Um, he, like I said, he put me in a lot of uncomfortable situations, really hated it at the time, really thankful that it happened and, um, you know, really forced me to, uh, to grow up a little bit and, you know, kind of, understand exactly what it takes to be successful um at that you know at any level really um mike oak of course um you know he's the one that really gave me an opportunity with the beats and you know to to allow me to have that that you know that childhood dream come true so you know he's someone that you know it's always good to pick his brain uh very knowledgeable lots of scouting experience and as well as a gm and um you know he's a very nice guy. He's very funny. We have a lot of fun at the rink and, you know, uh, I guess to tie this into my other, my third mentor would be, um, Rob Wilson, who's the head coach of the Pete's now. Um, you know, they both make it a very welcoming experience coming into the rink every day, um, with the Pete's and Rob has really kind of sat me down and helped me with, you know, we've really helped each other in, in, in challenging each other on the game and, um, learning as much as we can about strategy and and just um, you know kind of forcing each other to be better at our jobs. So it's always you know great to go to the rink to see Mike and to see to see Rob and uh, to learn from those two and you know to be working with my like two of my three or four mentors has been great. Um, continuously being able to talk to them and and just learn from them because they have, they both have a wealth of experience. Um, especially Rob with, you know, having that pro experience in Europe. I mean, I was so like, I always had some interest in, in pro hockey in Europe, but I was so green to it. Like there's, you just learn so much with, based on his, his, I mean, he spent a lot, most of his career there. So to hear how things operate and just, um, you know, the way, you know, the game is played is just great. And, um, you know, how, how he thinks the game differently than, than some coaches is, um, you know, good opportunity to learn from. Um, and then I, I mean, I, I would, I don't know, I guess I could also include my dad in that because he also really kind of pushed me towards doing this. If I'm going to do these things, I should go full out, full out it. And, uh, he really helped me. He's not a hockey guy at all. So, um, to be able to have that support has been amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, it starts with, with the family or, or having people in your corner to kind of push you in the industry and then. Uh, once you meet other people along the way, they kind of, you know, w walk you along that rope and, and kind of help you uh, progress in the industry. But, uh, you know, you've been able to work with the Pete as a video coach and with your experiences as an equipment manager and also Hockey Canada, some of these other roles. 
you're now in a position maybe to give some advice back to someone looking to break in, into the industry. So maybe looking back in time at yourself or a student who's looking to make their way into the game, what's one final piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they'd be successful in hockey operations? Uh, be prepared to like to do whatever, like it's, you're really going to be tested on how badly you want to work at it. Um, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing, getting into equipment managing, um, getting into the business side, getting into video coaching. It, I just knew that this was a way I could get my foot in the door and I was going to build relationships and it was hopefully going to, you know, snowball from there. And it really has in some effect. So, um, you know, to be able to just do anything, be open, um, you know, show that you're eager and desire, you have a desire to one day work in this industry. Um, you know, and, and don't get down because it's, I mean, just like the teams have, there's a lot of ups and downs sometimes. So you're going to face that personally as well. Um, you know, it's, it can be very difficult to stay motivated. And, you know, sometimes it feels like you're very far away from, you know, maybe, you know, getting a career in it, but just when kind of things start to feel down the, you know, you get a call from hockey Canada or you get a call from Mike Oka to, you know, joining the piece. So it's, you know, always try and stay positive and, and continuously try and move forward. Um, you know, just put one foot in front of the other and um, just stay involved in any way possible for sure. Yeah. Tremendous advice. And like you said, you never really know when that call is going to come or, or what opportunity might be around the corner. So just kind of keep working towards it and uh, you know, good things will happen. So Noah, I just want to thank you again for joining me on the podcast today. Really enjoyed the conversation, especially, you know, working in the OHL. So once again, great to talk with you and I wish you all the best moving forward. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Support for the Hockey Minds podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada, and for those listeners in Canada, and I know there's a lot of you, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. Everybody has had that experience where the trimming has not gone right, and we want to change that. So get with Manscaped, who has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and when I tell you this is premium, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Throw in one of the coolest features, which is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming experience. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quad stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HockeyMinds at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code HockeyMinds. It's time to shave those balls, eh? I'd like to again thank Noah for joining me on the podcast and walking us through his career and relevant experiences. Video coaches always tend to spark an interest with listeners, 
and I feel as if this episode will generate that same amount of follow-up conversation. If you would like to get in touch with Noah to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com, and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, we'll be joined by Colin McLennan, head coach and general manager with the week's U18 majors. It's been a while since we dove into the AAA loop, and I'm excited to share Kyle's story and break down that area of the game for our listeners. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the podcast and for following us on all of our social media platforms as of late. The brand continues to grow at a rapid pace, and we are able to share more amazing stories as a result. As always, stay safe, and all the best.